Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Let's open up in prayer, um, and I just believe God has a word that uh, I believe for some of you that's just going to be impactful for you, that I hope is going to touch your life. And as I share each and every week, uh, what I really want to do is God's word come alive in us. That God's word actually has impact in our lives. Amen. Is that what you want? Oh, yeah. yeah? Then stand with me as we pray. And believe that in your heart. Lord, we thank you for today, for the opportunity to come and gather as a body of believers to worship you. And today I pray, God, as we read your word, as we study your word, that it would penetrate our hearts and our lives and that lives will be touched by the power of your Holy Spirit. That God... The way that we enter today will not be the same way that we leave. That, God, we will continue to leave, Lord God, every time we enter your presence. Every time that we have an impact with your word. Every time, God, something changes in our life to be more like you. That's our prayer today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Over the last three weeks, we've talked about generosity, a generous life. That's been our series. And we've talked about how generosity positions us. How generosity transforms selfishness. And then how generosity requires faith. We've got to step out in faith. If we're going to be generous people, it requires faith. I want to show a picture on the screen for just a second, if you can put it on the screen here. And some of you are looking at that right now, and you're saying, Pastor Tom, what in the world are you showing me? Why are you showing me a picture of a concrete building with a door? It looks like some type of utility plant. But it kind of goes along with my message today, and I wanted you to get a little picture of this, because located in the Arctic Circle between Norway and the North Pole, there's a place, there's an island called Spitsbergen. And it's a, it's a home of the world's most northernmost settlement called Longbiren, population 2,000. It's cold up there, guys. It's the frozen island. This frozen island is home of the global seed vault dubbed the Doomsday Vault. Did anybody know that we had a thing called the Doomsday Vault? Some of you did. Very good. You've gone to school. You've been studying. It is where seeds from all over the world are sent and stored for safety. The vault was built as a security for the world's, for the world's food supply. And it's, it's really meant to protect us from sabotage, from disease, from natural disasters, from mismanagement of what's called uh, uh, gene banks, which is really seed uh, locations. I think there's 1,800 of those all around the world where there's, there's these seed facilities located. And it's really an insurance policy against the extinction of the different types of plants and plant species. And the door that you see right there, that door actually opens and it goes down into a vault that's 430 feet below this mountain and because it's in the frozen tundra, there is no electricity needed to keep this, this place refrigerated because it's cold all year round. And they store these seeds there that they believe they will last for up to 200 years. And if there's ever a situation where all of a sudden we lose the seed, guess what? They can go to the seed plant and we can find the seed even of, dangerous, of species that are on the endangered list that we're going to lose that, that, that seed. Guess what? That vault is going to contain a lot of those seeds. It contains right now 860,000 seed samples from every country on the planet. And the vault has room for 4.5 million samples, which is, means billions of seeds. Some of you today are going to get your hands dirty with some seeds today as we pack out here after the service. 
But the message I want to share with you today is how generosity begins with a seed and the importance of the seed. We're going to take a journey through the Bible really briefly. I don't have a long message today because we have water baptisms and many other things to do. But I want to just take a brief journey through the Bible about the importance of seed. Seed is important to our everyday survival. The first thought I want to share with you is this. Seed represents a beginning. In the Bible, seed always represents a beginning. You can't sow without a seed. Before there's a plant, there has to be a seed. seed. Look at the account of creation found in the book of Genesis. Specifically, I want to look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. And I want to just kind of bring you from, from Genesis all the way through the Bible and talking about how God has continually put, talking about seeds. Verses 28 and 29 says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. And he's talking to Adam and Eve at this point. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. The survival of mankind was based on the survival, the survival of the animals, the survival of mankind, were based on seed-bearing plants. We need seed to begin anew. If plants didn't produce seed, then there is no hope for tomorrow. There's no hope for a new day. Seeds are essential to our lives. Which leads me to my second thought. Catch that. I'm already in my second point, guys. That's pretty fast right there. Yeah, I'm going at today. Seed gives opportunity for growth. Yes, seed needs watering. Seed needs good soil. But nothing happens without a seed. Can you, can you say that with me? Nothing happens without a seed. The seed is where growth begins. Spiritually, God's word is our seed. If you look throughout the Bible, you will see that God's word is referred to the seed. And we know that Jesus is referred to the word and that Jesus is ultimately the seed that God sent for us. Spiritually, God's word is our seed. Jesus shares about a parable in Luke chapter 8. And many of you might know this parable. I'm not going to share a lot of the scriptures today just for the sake of time. But Luke chapter 8, in fact, it's located in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark as well. It's in all the synoptic Gospels. But he's talking about a farmer who went out and planted seeds. And the way he was planting the seeds, he probably had a bag on the side. And he's throwing these seeds and he's just scattering the seeds over the ground. Many of you are probably familiar with the story. The seeds that fell on the fertile soil, which was about 25%, the seed that fell on that fertile soil... Guess what? It produced a bumper crop. And then there was seed that fell on stony ground and seed that fell on ground where, where the weeds came up and choked out the, the good healthy plants. And so there was a seed that was being spread out. Spiritually, you will not grow without having the seed of God's word penetrating your life. We need to be able to plant God's seed, the word of God, into our lives if we really want God to grow in our life. We want the power of the Holy Spirit to change our life. It's a study of God's word. It's a time spent in prayer. It's a time getting away with God. That all of a sudden when we spend that time, something starts to grow inside of us. Something starts to take place. For God's word to penetrate our lives and take hold, we must come before Jesus humbly. And surrender completely 
That's representing the good soil. See, seed that just falls on hard soil is never going to take root. But when we come humbly before Christ, when we surrender everything before him, when we're broken before Jesus, when all of a sudden that seed, the word of God, hits our lives, there's something that takes place. It starts to germinate, and all of a sudden it starts to populate inside of us. As in this parable, we cannot allow the worries or the pleasures of this world to distract us from God's word. We need to protect God's word in our life because generosity flows from the seed produced in us. When I went on a missions trip a few years ago to the country of Haiti, we went there with a group called Convoy of Hope, and we support both Convoy of Hope and uh, children, uh, feed children around the world, feed kids around the world. We support both groups, and we went to Convoy of Hope on this one. And one of the things that really was impactful to me was to, rep- to recognize what they were doing with the farmers there, the Haitian farmers there in Haiti. They were, trying, they were teaching them how to farm better. And one of, the, one of the basic principles, one of the very first things that they show the farmers is that when you're, when you're sowing out the seed, and after your crop all of a sudden begins to grow, when you start to harvest, you better set aside some of that harvest for the new seed that you need to plant for the next year. You see, what happens, you get hungry and you want to eat all of the seed there, and all of a sudden if you don't reserve enough for the next year, you'll have nothing to sow. you got to have something to sow. So it is in our lives. If, if you run dry, have you ever, anybody ever run dry in your life where all of a sudden you just feel like, oh my. It's because, guess what? You don't have enough of God's word. You haven't spent enough time in God's presence. You haven't come to church on Sunday and worshiped the Lord in the worship time. You haven't gotten on your knees in your bedroom and started to pray. And you allow the word of God to renew you, to refresh you. To restart in you something that's powerful. We need the word of God in us. It's amazing. They're trying to change the country of Haiti around. And they're, they're in, within a generation or two, they're trying to make Haiti where it's no longer has to be. Uh, 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 the word I'm looking for just got lost. Reliant on other countries. But guess what? They could be a, a country that can supply their own needs because they've learned these basic principles that you need a seed to start anew. Spiritually, we need God's word in our lives. We need to spend time in God's presence so God's word can continue to grow deep into our hearts. We've all been given seeds. Seeds of God's love. Seeds of God's faithfulness. Seeds of God's goodness. Seeds of generosity. And guess what? We need to share those seeds. We need to sow those seeds out so then all of a sudden that these seeds can start to germinate. They can start to grow. As a church, God's people, we must continue to be sowers of God's word. But you can't sow something if you don't have it in you. So the first step is all of a sudden, guess what? Come to salvation. Come to Jesus. Invite him into your life. And then each and every day, continue to allow God's word to grow inside of you. And then all of a sudden, you just continue to be a person who is growing in Christ. And when we start doing that, seed is what starts to multiply. As you sow into the kingdom of God, the harvesting goes beyond your lifetime. It goes for all of eternity. 
You're going to meet people one day when you arrive into heaven. If you've been a faithful servant of God, you're going to meet people that are going to come to you and thank you for your testimony, for your faith, for your giving of a student that goes to youth camp. You've changed my life because you planted a seed. Seed is important. We recognize it throughout the entire Bible. As you sow into the kingdom, it goes beyond your lifetime. You will never know the impact of your testimony. I stand here today, I stand here today because of grandfathers who surrendered their lives to Jesus. Two, both my grandfathers, in two different ways, one in an in a, in a, uh, auto repair shop that was converted into a church, gave his life to Jesus Christ. The other, guess what, tent, tent revival, uh, came to church, heard all the stuff going on, went there, gave his heart to life. The seeds that they planted generations ago, guess what? is still producing a good harvest. Because through my grandfathers, my, my dad was saved. He led my dad. He led his children to Jesus. Through my dad and my mom, guess what? I stand here today as a, as a child of God because guess what? They introduced me to Jesus. We introduced our three kids to Jesus. Because guess what? There was a seed that was growing inside of us. Little Vinny. Brett and Danielle's son, my grandson, guess what? He is being introduced to the love of Jesus because there's something that's taking place. See, when we plant a seed, when we water the seed, when we continue, it continues to grow, continues to grow, continues to develop. There's a story found in 1 Kings chapter 17 about a widow who takes care of the prophet Elijah. And the Lord had sent a famine upon the land of Israel because they were Back into idolatry, they were worshiping false gods. It was a struggle that they continued to have throughout the, throughout the Old Testament. And during this famine, the prophet Elijah himself, he was the one that prophesied that the famine was coming, but he was caught in the famine himself. And if you read the story, in fact, in the chapter before in 16, you read that the ravens actually brought food to the prophet Elijah to feed him. An amazing story. And then in chapter 17, when the brook runs dry... When there's no more, the ravens are no longer bringing food, God tells Elijah to get up and go to this village. And he goes to this village, and the Lord, the word of the God, the word of the Lord says that he spoke, that God spoke to a, to a woman, a widow in that village. And many times we miss that part of the story. Because sometimes we just, we, we go to the story and we forget that the Lord spoke to the widow. I'm going to be bringing a prophet. You're going to prepare for him. You're going to feed him. Sounds like a simple story. As the drought grew worse, it caused that severe famine. He, Elijah goes into this village of Zarephath. And within this village, the Lord instructs this, this widow to feed Elijah. We forget that part. When Elijah arrives in the village, he meets this widow says, will you bring me some bread and water? And the widow says to Elijah, and she has the word that's already spoken to her. She says to Elijah, here's the problem. I don't have any bread to give you. And all I have left is this little bit of flour and this little bit of oil. And it's just enough for one meal. That's it. That's all I have left. That's, That's everything I have. 
And so many times when you read that story, all of a sudden you see what Elijah responds. He said, that's fine, but I want you to go make me some bread now and bring me some bread for me. And then whatever's left over, you can make a, a meal for your, for your son and, and, your, and yourself. See, this was her last meal. This was it for her. And the Lord said, the Lord already prepared her heart. I want you to give. I want you to help this prophet. So she does what the prophet says. She goes and makes this meal out of this last little bit of flour, this last little bit of oil. She makes it. She serves it to Elijah. She makes a little bit of what's left over. The, the, everything is gone. She makes it, and she gives it to her son. And she is, she, in her thoughts, she thinks that she's going to die, that that's her last meal. That's it. And then Elijah declares to her the following words in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 14. He says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Why? Elijah prophesied. What Elijah prophesied there comes true. They never went without food again. This, this widow and her son and Elijah, they never went without food the rain started, the crops started growing, it started providing. It took the faith for the widow to listen to the word of God. But because she was willing to give up her seed, her flour and her oil, to help the Lord's prophet, she never went without. Think about this thought. The widow could have been selfish and held on to the last portion of her flour. She could have held on to that last portion of her oil. She didn't have to prepare a meal for the prophet. She didn't have to obey the word of the Lord. She could have done something different. But what would have been her outcome? Would she have survived? It's unlikely because she would have missed out on the miracle that was waiting for her. But she was having to release what God had given her. Remember, the miracle begins with a seed, a word from the Lord. And the word required her to be obedient, to be generous, and to share that last portion to water it, to share it with a, with a prophet. She would have never realized the miracle if she would have been selfish and reserved that flower for, her, for herself and her son. Why? Because she would have had nothing to sow to God. But she was willing to give everything away. Something of great value, her last meal. And God took her sacrifice and turned it into something great. We have zero chance to multiply God's kingdom. And I want you to listen to these, these words. We have zero chance to multiply God's kingdom if we're, not unwilling, if we're unwilling to share the seed that God has given us. If we're unwilling to share the seed that God has given us, the seed of love, the seed of generosity, the seed of faithfulness, the seed of goodness. If we're unwilling to share that, guess what? We're going to have a real struggle to, to all of a sudden grow the kingdom of God. See, God has planted seeds into every one of our hearts, into every one of our lives. We need to let that seed grow and develop in each and every one of us. Today, we, we're going to prepare for water baptisms. And I want to share some words that are found in John chapter 12. These are Jesus' words. And for those that are going to be baptized today, just hold on for one second. But I do want to offer this for those that maybe have come today, you didn't know it was water baptisms. And maybe you have been, in your heart, it's been feeling like, man, I need to be water baptized. Today is never too late. We have, we have 
uh, t-shirts, we have shorts, we have towels, we have everything that's prepared out in the team room. If you go out in the lobby at any point, we're ready for you. And, and that, we need to make sure that we're ready for them. If you want to be water baptized today, guess what? We can include you in that today. As long as you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You need to have made a commitment to Jesus Christ. But today as we prepare for that, I want to read some words found in John chapter 12. And it's a passage of scripture where Jesus is foretelling that his death was coming soon. And I want you to listen to verses 23 and 24 of John 12. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted into the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Jesus' death brought forth God's redemptive plan for all people. It made available God's forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ. He had a plan. You see, so many times what we don't understand, the plan that originally was with the, the first Adam that was in the Garden of Eden. And guess what? That plan all of a sudden went awry. It didn't go well. It didn't take place. So God had to create another plan, a new seed. And see, without Jesus, we have never found forgiveness of sins. But Jesus came as a willing sacrifice for our sins. Jesus was the seed that God sent from heaven. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus referred to in the Bible as the seed that God sent to us. Without the sowing of the seed, there would be no harvest. From the single sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for you and for me, we all have been given opportunity for new life in Him, for growth. We know that after Jesus was on that cross, he died, and then three days later, he was resurrected once again. And that power that Jesus experienced in the resurrection that brought him from death to life is the same power that he gives to each and every one of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ. That we can go from, a, from being dead in our sins to be resurrected with the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. It's life-changing. We can all experience that resurrection power. See, the grave of death had no power over Jesus. We have that experience, same experience, opportunity to experience Jesus Christ. But it requires that we die to our own desires and that we put our hope and our faith in Jesus. I want you to listen to Paul's words in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. Because I think these are powerful words for us to take today as we walk into water baptism, and as we even do the event after service here today. Listen to these words. It says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay. They will harvest. They will reap decay. And death and, the, and from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Today we have some who have made the decisions to be water baptized. Water baptism indicates that your willingness to surrender to Jesus. It, it indicates that you're willing to put Jesus first in every area of your life. It's choosing not to follow the direction of sin. We've talked about that. We don't have to follow the direction of sin. We can make a reverse course and we can follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's allowing the power of God's Spirit to create a new nature within us. 
Water baptism signifies the death of our old sinful nature and the resurrection of a new life in Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about that today and what that means for each and every one of us. See, when we are water baptized, and I just want to share something, a thought here for you today, because Jesus went into the grave. He died on that cross. He was buried. He was raised three days later. Any seed that's going to have growth at some point is going to have to die. And then new life comes from it. Water baptism represents that. It represents as you are baptized into the water, it it symbolizes that we're dying to the flesh, we're dying to the sinful nature of our lives. And when we come out, we're being resurrected by the power of God and the Holy Spirit resides in us and is going to help us to live a life that is honoring to God. It's making that choice. It's changing our lives. It's commandment in the Bible, go and be baptized. Today we're following that commandment. It's one of the ordinances of our churches is water baptism. But the first step is to allow the seed of the Word of God to enter into your life for the very first time. And for for everybody here today with every head bowed and eyes closed for just a second, I want to give that opportunity because I think it's so important for each and every one of us. If you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're watching online today and life has been difficult and life has been a struggle, maybe it's time to plant a seed. Maybe it's time to accept the offer that Jesus has given you. That you know what, all you have to do is to believe in your heart, confess Lord, the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to forgive your sins. And you can enter into the kingdom of God. You can be written into what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. It's a book in heaven that records all those who are chosen to follow Jesus Christ. And it begins that journey of growth in your life. And if you're here today and you've never made that step, man, I encourage you to do that today. And I, I just want you to raise your hands you're saying, Pastor Tom, I need to make that step. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to do that today. Maybe it's, Pastor Tom, you don't know what, I, mean. I just need to recommit my life to Christ. I, I just, this is a time for me to say, I, I need to realign everything in my life because I've been going down this path that's not glorifying God and I need to start glorifying God and I need to recommit my life to Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand real high because I want to say a prayer together. Every head bow, eyes closed for just a minute. I see that hand. Anybody else? that hand. Anyone else? Online, raise your hand if that is you today. Say this prayer, everybody here in the audience today, and believe it in your heart. Lord Jesus, today I choose to follow you. I accept your generous gift. Forgive me my sins. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me to do what is right. Set me free. Give me new life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, God good? God is faithful even when we're not faithful. I don't know if you know that, but God cannot change. That is a powerful word for some of you today that you feel like you're so thrown down, you're so rejected, you're so, you just don't have any hope. You don't, guess what? God is still there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is there for you. You just need to turn towards Him. Make that decision. And as you make that decision, guess what? Watch what God will do in your life. 
Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.